Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker. And in this week's episode, last week Hiroji entered a booth, and this week we find out what comes out. Also this week, in Roll to Assist, we discuss what happens when things don't go as planned during your session as a GM. And then finally this week, the PaizoCon contest continues where we ask another question. So some very quick show notes, and then we'll get started. First of all, I realized that I probably should be putting the question before the episode instead of the end for the PaizoCon contest. The reason I've been putting it at the end is that there are spoilers sometimes in the questions, and I don't want to put that right in the front. This week's is maybe a spoiler, maybe not, but I do recommend you actually listen to the episode, then listen to the question. Last week's was kind of hard, I apologize for that. I'm going to try to make them a little bit easier. This week's is not too hard, so you can actually listen to the episode and then listen to the question, you should hopefully know the answer, or at least it should be pretty easy for you to go back and listen to it. Also, I want to mention our Patreon. If you do go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.rollforcombat.com, or just go to the Roll for Combat website and click on the Patreon link, we've been putting out the episodes early. That's right. I've been finishing them early, and I've been putting them out about a day or so ahead of time. So if you actually want to listen to the episode before it actually drops, which is usually Tuesday, join our Patreon, even at the lowest level, and you can listen to the episode a little bit early. Not every single week I actually have to finish the episodes early, but whenever I do, which I've been doing on a consistent basis, I will drop them early on the Patreon. And then finally, I want to mention, do check out my interview last week with James L. Sutter, where we talk about all things, including the actual creation of Starfinder, which was crazy, because they only had a year to do it, and yeah, just listen to the interview, it was posted on this channel, of course, you can just go to RollForCombat.com and listen to it there, and also be on the lookout for another interview in just a few days, where I talk with Ron Lundin, who wrote the brand new adventure, the Dead Roads, which is the first adventure in the adventure path Tyrant's Grasp, where the Whispering Tyrant might come back and blow up everything. And one thing Ron and I talk about a lot in this interview is how this adventure path is actually going to form the world for Pathfinder version 2. That's right, Pathfinder version 2 is actually going to continue. It's going to be the same version of Galeron. But the world is going to change in major ways. And this adventure path to Tyrant's Grasp is sort of the connective tissue between Pathfinder version 1 and Pathfinder version 2. So even if you don't play it, I'd recommend you probably pick it up and read it because things are going to change in the world of Galeron big time. And this adventure path is sort of the link between the two. And it sounds like things are going to get blown up big time. Anyhow, with that, let's get on to this week's episode. Last we left off, you guys seem to have 
scoured most of this base, and you manage to find what appears to be the Chamber of Renewal. Beforehand, you seem to find two rebuilts, which were, well, wounded Kish, who went into the chamber and came out as horribly disfigured and mutilated creatures. So, of course, Hiroji decides to go into it because what's the worst that can go wrong, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? Of course, Mr. Tuttle tried to reprogram the chamber to make sure his Lashunta DNA would work correctly with it and make him quote. I didn't try. I'm sure I succeeded. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. He tried and probably succeeded at making him the perfect specimen, because that's what this does. It makes you perfect in every way. He walked in. Let's see. He got naked. He walked in. And last we left off, the door closed as he waved goodbye to you all. And that was it. And then, you know, it's going to take an hour. It's like a, it's like a pot roast. It's going to take an <laughs> hour for Hiroji to cook. A slow cook. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. <laughs> slow cooking. Slow and out. low. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out if he's done what comes out. Uh, I call the dark meat. So I don't know about you guys. Uh, how long will he cook again? John Statz is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. Uh, about an hour. An hour. Hmm. We don't see all of this room, do we? What do you mean? No, you see oh, the that, room. Oh, right. There's room. another room to the south. Right. All right. Well, while you guys he's... actually, you guys were spend. You actually spent about three hours preparing and fixing up this room. So yeah. Can I take a twenty uh, to listen to the door in the south? Sure. If we're going to be there for that long, I'm okay. Do we, that. We've asked this before, John. What is your perception exactly? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. It's plus seven. Okay. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. I guess. No, you're right. It's not bad. It's actually pretty decent. I mean, it's worse than all of ours, but still. And then there's my rolls. I roll a five. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. But, well, there's you know, nothing I on took the other 20. side of that door. I took there's, 20. That's I took fine. 20. <laughs> well, this is the issue. You actually do listen to the door, but this chamber is producing a fairly low humming so it's actually very hard for you to hear anything because it's messing up your perception. You're getting a large minus to your perception. Uh, it's constantly going. It's like making all these weird Mo sounds. Mo is going to ask uh, uh, Dr. Tuttle if he, we can just shut that thing off in the middle of its uh, cycle for just a few minutes while he listens to the door. If that makes sense. Back. Would that, would that be okay? Do I actually know an answer? No, you can't turn it off in the middle of the cycle. Could you shut a washing machine where we could just open the open the door and then close it? No! That could be a could disaster. shut down no. the alien technology we don't understand for a minute? Just come on. Just Mo flip it off to, for a second, turn it back on in like three minutes. That's fine. It's going to come out half cooked. You're going to like half a Hiroji. It's going to be oh. humor. I would humor Mo with an engineering check to see if that would at all be safe. <laughs> 25. But you tell him anything you want. It's like that, that amazing stories episode where whatever you put into this chamber, now I'm really reaching, would come to life. And this guy takes a magazine with a sexy girl and he rips it in half. So when he puts it in the chamber, it makes 
half a sexy girl, that's what will happen. You'll get like half a Hiroji. Kind of like weird science, but... Wow. Uh, exactly, like weird science. Yes, uh, you might get Chet from weird science. Oh, man. No, I don't want Chet. I guess we should probably wait. All right. Well, we'll wait for uh, him to cook. But Mo's going to be guarding the door and listening. All right, you guard that door. You wait an hour? Wait, wait. You wait an hour. You hear lots of sounds, lots of beeping, lots of weird lights and things going off. Everything appears to be good. There's no, like, wailing or horrible signs going off. And then it gives off the ding as it hits that. (laughs) Set it and forget it. (laughs) <laughs> I forget it. Uh, I, I I have my weapon. Hold it's on. The, is this the, this is the machine that goes ping? I have my weapon drawn to attack the horrifying thing that used to be Hiroji in case that that things go bad. Really? Rundle Hiroji. I, I, I am ready in action to fire upon the horrifying not Hiroji. Go ahead. Oh, that's all. Oh. There's only a 25 percent chance that that happens. Hold on. What? I'm just putting out my my note right now. Mo is Never going to tell do me that. the odds. Puddle just does the subtle unclipping of the holster. <laughs> it's not that I don't trust you. It's just that I don't trust you. The door opens. Inside, it is covered with smoke. You can't see anything. It's kind of like the elevator in Aliens, where you kind of can see, but can't quite. There's something in there. Some shape of some... Something's wrong. I fire. (laughs) (laughs) And out comes a Hiroji, completely sparkling and clean. All of his wounds have been healed. All of his scars are gone. Everything terrible about him that you didn't like, except for the personality, has been perfected. <laughs> he is the epitome of, I guess, Lashunta anatomy. I scream out, alien! Example of... <laughs> Damn it, I miss. Really? You have a higher than 18? Uh, probably not, because I'm naked right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, the smoke even impeded you, and he has cover Damn since it. you were okay. shooting. So, yes. You, you actually don't actually shoot me, right? No, oh, he actually yeah. shot oh, you. I totally shot. He missed. No question of that whatsoever. Why would you shoot me? Don't shoot me. Hey, I'm, I'm a perfect specimen uh, of Lashinta greatness. Mo is going to ask Hiroji, do you feel different? He steps out. So he walks over here and he does a backflip. Goes, woohoo! I feel awesome. I'm going to put my gear on and let's get going. I'm ready to kick some ass. I keep a weapon on him. He's never been that happy in his entire existence. I'm sorry. He's always been dark and noir. I, I feel awesome. I, he puts all of his gear on. He's like checking his gun. He's like locking and loading, make sure he's like. And then he does another front flip. <laughs> says, Look at that. Skill. I know. I know. Hey, I know how to Damn check it. and see if it's Hiroji. Uh, Hiroji, I, I need to borrow some. I need to borrow some money. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I'm a little short right yep. now, so yeah. It's a <laughs> yeah. Okay, I holster my weapon immediately. Yeah, well, now, that's all short. I needed to know. That's fine. But I do feel awesome. You guys should all try this. Well, don't feel bad about the fact that I've now shot at you twice. Yeah, are you, why are you shooting at me, Rusty? Well, let's take you, I think another hour. Alien, and obviously taking the place of our actual Haruchi. I will gun you down. No. See? You see? Aggressive and evil. That's the Hiroji we want. Mo's, go- Mo's going to go inside. He's going he's to heal up. Hold on. All of a sudden, as you guys are checking out Hiroji and see this man. Chestburster. <laughs> rebuilt and sort of turned into the epitome of what Hiroji always wanted to be. A bright light flashes in front of all of you. <sighs> You're all oh, blinded. 
Oh well. All right. And Hiroji disappears. Okay. So right. That's the yeah. Exactly. What did we really think was going to happen? Uh, Mo is going to ask uh, Hiroji, "Are you there?" In addition, the machine starts to spark and fry itself, and something horrific seems to be going wrong with the machine. I assist Dr. Tuttle. I'm going to see if I can cross-circuit to A and bring Hiroji back. <laughs> maybe he's in the buffer, maybe. <laughs> I grant plus two to Tuttle. His pattern's in there somewhere. 30. Is this computers or engineering? Pattern degradation. I- I was going with engineering, yeah, but I couldn't... Yeah, and I gave you plus two, so you hit your 30. I, I can't help with engineering. Eh, 30 is all you can really hope for in this kind of thing. That implies we want to get Hiroji back. Let me think about That's this. a good point. Actually, we really could actually put out some ads for a new person. We've been wanting a decent envoy for a while, haven't we? Oper- operative. Uh, operative, sorry. Who's that woman that actually at one point worked with us? She seemed no, Cla- really Was effective. it Clara, Clara 247 or whatever? Clara 247. Notice I immediately went with the Doctor Who pronunciation and started calling her Clara. <laughs> Clara, yes. No, that's actually, we could contact her and get her, right? No, you're right, Bob. You do need a good envoy on this mission. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right. We could hire a decent one. We've been really... Right, you are the envoy, and we need a decent one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really do need somebody better than the one we have. I think there's no question of that. But at the same time, uh, operative, I suppose, what what we're talking about. You do some computer checks. You look over this all, and Tuttle says to himself, "Uh uh-oh, Tuttle realizes somehow... Hiroji seems to have been accidentally teleported to another plane of existence. And it appears to be connected to this planet somehow. Well, the good news is he's probably still alive. The bad news is that he's not here anymore. Well, our prayers are with him. Okay, Clara, did somebody keep her phone number or contact (laughs) number? I'm just checking. I'm going to need a couple whiteboards and some pens and maybe some graph paper. <laughs> I think I can figure this all out. But okay, I assist every roll that Dr. Tuttle makes. All right. Now, I, I got nothing, actually. <laughs> you guys assist and you realize, yeah, he's he's gone. He, uh, something you, you thought you, you wired this correctly, but it looks like this this renewal chamber had another function and you might have accidentally tapped into that and uh, sort of a transportation module for going to different locations within their empire. So wait a minute, so just to check. I'm sorry, Steve. Gone. I want to recap. So you're saying yes. that the alien, completely unknown chamber we were told might heal him, but had actually created uh, unforgivable monsters that we met and had to fight earlier. You're saying that something went wrong? Actually, this is the best part. It went really, really right. <laughs> and then it didn't actually go wrong. It just went different. All right, examine the machine to see if there's like an 800 number for customer service. Uh, I, I assist in his perception check. <laughs> sure. I can, return, I can return to the living dead. My like perception you. of 29 searches for the 800 number. I also, I also turn it off and turn it back on. <laughs> check the cable. Loose cables, maybe. Yeah. Yes. You got to turn it off, wait for three seconds, uh, unplug everything, and then plug it back in, and then you turn it back on. I bet we'll find the manual after after we uh, after we lose her OG. Oh, look, here's the manual that says don't do this or you'll transport him. 
Yeah, it looks like it's a one-way trip. There might have been another one that could bring him back, but it ain't here. There's a... Again, the good news is that he's in amazing shape and has all of his gear. The bad news is he's no longer on this plane of existence. And he's probably at another Kish location. Now, considering the Kish are millions of years old... That could be anywhere in the universe. Hmm. So, well. All right. Well, then, really, really, honestly, no reason to keep looking for him at all. <laughs> Let's check out this other room at, to, to the south. Cool. No, uh, not, is, not, you don't shed a tear. Uh, well. Oh, no, I'm very sad. You've. Oh, been, I'm sad. Oh, know, I'm sad, too. But there's no sound. I can at least listen to the door now. But right? think, think of all the extra space we have on the ship now that we can throw out all these trophies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the loot. Oh my god. This, all this You'll junk. actually get loot. You'll actually get all loot. Young Hiroji's been collecting over the last few months. All these like rotting body parts and <laughs> So um Mo listens to the door and he actually thinks he hears like movement. Uh I bet it's the engineer that would have told us how to work this machine properly. <laughs> this is pro you know what? He might just be teleported to the next room. This might be the next plane of existence to the south here. So he's going to open up the door. You open up the door. Oh, my God. It was. This is another plane of existence I'm looking at. This room is choked with rubble, as is most of the ceiling that has collapsed, forming an impassable mound. Crushed office furniture poke out from under the debris, and the floor is thick with dust and grime. In addition, in the corner... You see a creature. It appears to be decked out in gear similar to those of Cult of the Devourer. He looks up at you and just gives you kind of a sly smile. Well, he has Mo, to attend on his hands. It's Ritoroji. Kill him. Kill him. Mo is going to wave to him. All right. So this guy actually has uh, horns and a sort of reddish complexion. Black hair. Looks like that. It's like, oh, you found me finally. Uh, don't kill me. Uh, what's don't it attack. going to? You look, you look, you look all right. What, what, what are you uh, doing here? R- I'm not a cultist. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm not a cultist. What are you doing here? This is, there's nothing here. He's decked out in heavy armor. It's covered in spikes. And it also is covered in like skulls and like, you know, other nasty, like kind of like a, a reaver. And, oh, not heavy uh, metal. Yeah. No, like a reaver from like uh, Firefly. He's also got a long arm. Appears to be a cultist's weapon that you think you've seen in the past. So it's a rifle. And he has that slung on his back. So he's got nothing in his hands. Wow. Uh, can you hit something with that uh, rifle there? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm quite accomplished. Where, where are your friends? Let's, let me, uh, let, let, let's, let's talk as a group. Oh, my God. It's, in, it's into the Hirojiverse. Yeah, he's going to... Uh, <laughs> wave over hey uh guys we th- i think we might found of a we th- we found a better hiroji over here this guy's uh, <laughs> uh he's gonna say yeah come out join us We're, what are you doing behind here there's nothing but junk back here he sort of like goes to the corner he's he's a little nervous you can tell he's a little nervous look uh i'm not a cultist let's get that out of the way right away All right we that's fine yeah we didn't think you were a cultist he says uh my name is akiro some call me Akiro the Just, and I have okay. a, I have a long I have a tale to tell. Uh, I, tell us your tale. <laughs> Make it is it a tall tale? It, it is not a tall tale. It is a a tale of woe. Uh, I am also a Starfinder, 
and he actually opens up his palm and produces the Starfinder, you know, the hologram that you can that you get embedded into your hand when you join Starfinder Society. Okay. And he says, okay, says, look, I, I'm one of you. I I'm a Starfinder. I was also I've heard of you guys. You're the Drift Rock Four. I saw you on the telly. You were quite famous back then. Yeah. And yeah, we're and uh, we're you, you were known. Uh you can contribute to my Patreon account if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> All right, send me a link. Um where, where's your fourth member? There were four of you. Hopefully he didn't come to some terrible end. Oh, sadly he died. He ran away. Uh, he <laughs> he went to this machine and he found a way of splitting. Uh, he had a couple of uh, these wondrous boxes that teleported you from place hmm. to place. And uh, he may have opened that or uh, going into this machine may have actually teleported him to another point of existence. We're, we're, we're not sure. Yeah, this well, machine. One, one of those. Yeah. If he went into this machine then who knows what happened because I did some research on this machine and it seemed like it had some other things that were unknown. And uh, I know that they come oh. here to get healed, but uh, that there's something definitely could be, uh, could be wrong with that. And maybe just not knowing what else it could do. Uh, I would not have suggested stepping into that machine. I'm sorry. You know something about this machine? Uh, I'd like to talk to you, have you talk to our uh, scientific advisor, Dr. Tuttle. Uh, no, I, I I know of Tuttle, and I know of Cheddar. I know of all of you. You're all quite famous, and I. You've mentioned everyone but me. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Well, yes, Rusty. Of course, everyone's heard of Rusty. Okay. Well, Rusty might be the most popular of them all. He gets the most likes. Yes. So, so I'll tell you my story briefly uh, because we might be under. Uh, we might need to get get out of here. I uh, I was a cultist. I did join. I joined to infiltrate them, and I was uh, working with Chessex, who you know. As, uh, as another option for getting this uh, Cult of the Devourer and, and finding out what they're up to and to ultimately put an end to them. See, I am a, I am a being of law. Cult of the Devourer is an, is an absolute cult of chaos and must be destroyed. It cannot be allowed to continue. So I figured I would infiltrate from the inside. I have certain skills that they found useful. I do speak the language, both dialects of the Kesh, and so I'm, I was useful in that capacity, and they took me on uh, to come to this planet. Um, there was wanton destruction. They did murder many, and I, that was distasteful to me. So ultimately, they uh, attacked me and left me for dead and marooned me here. Um, but before they did that, I did see what some of the things they were up to. They did go into the temple, and they there was a temple. I'm sure you've heard of it. They were able to get in, and they were able to ransack it, and they left with some things i'm not sure exactly what i was unconscious for a lot of this but it's something that we must follow their tracks and see what they took so having left me for dead um i was injured badly i came here because i thought there might be some medical supplies to be able to to get back and i did find some and i'm, I'm more or less back on my feet but again i have no ship and i need to get off this planet we must track down this cult of devour and destroy them all right do you know how to fix this machine? Because I'd like to try it next. Uh, I would not recommend going into that machine. <laughs> that machine, I would not. I just, it's too unknown. It's too alien and it's way too old. Your friend was an idiot. He was quite foolish for going into that. Mo's going to shake it and listen. We certainly are happy to get you back to our ship. We actually have an opening for a member of our team. Obviously, the your cut of the pay would be getting you back to your ship. Um, 
and all other treasure would be only split three ways between those of us who are members of the actual team. Um, so as long as you're willing to actually sign some paperwork to that effect, I think we've got a deal. Um, you don't have a probationary period, like a 30, 60, 90 day can become a full... 30 day. Okay. We do have a 30 day probationary <laughs> period. That's fine. I mean, if you actually find that, that you're a useful, you know, contributing member of the team by that point we're actually willing to renegotiate and take you on as a 50 percent member i've heard tale of the wit of rusty your reputation for that precedes you and does not disappoint <laughs> you are quite funny starts laughing <laughs> yeah. no 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 I, I actually have some paperwork here <laughs> most right laughing now. too <laughs> now as he as he's laughing he's like sort of like being jovial and and uh a necklace comes out of his armor it was sort of tucked underneath his armor and it's a holy it's some kind of symbol and it's a upside down pentangle and then he sort of like fumbles with that and puts it back in his armor wait a minute wait a minute who here has detect glof detect alignment let's see well Mo does says I, as a tale of woe i didn't think i'd ever get off this rock but i did know from chessex did say that you were uh that there was a chance that i could run into you so. Well, well, here we are. Sure, yeah, we could. We yeah, we got uh, an opening. We do, we just uh, excellent. This excellent. is good. This is actually fortuitous. I think we've upgraded here. Yeah, bantering aside, the sense motive. A completely untrained sense motive of thirteen. Uh, I have an actual trained sense motive. Hold on. That doesn't work on PCs. Why would you bother with sense motive? Just yeah, that doesn't that doesn't that. work on players. Uh, sense motive, and this is one where I'm able to re-roll it, but not at D6. It's the opposite of the others. Hold on. You rolled a 20. You got an 11. I have a 20. You know what? That, that I'm not going to do better than that. Fine. Right, That's dude. right. It's 50, 50. Oh, see? God damn it. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kira rolled a bluff of 24. You believe every word he said. Fine. All right. It's great. You're my All friend. Right. There it is. Lead the way. Let's get out of God, here. Yeah. God damn yeah. it. I fell for a bluff check. I'm so upset. By <laughs> <that>. <laughs> wow. Akiro, the just. Uh, I my, will serve you well. I yeah. will be a good addition. You'll be a, you'll make for a fine leader. I can shoot this gun good. Uh, well, I mean, he's a probationary member. He doesn't get full pay until after a 30-day period. But still, let's I, go. I am... I am, when it comes to contracts, I am quite meticulous on such matters. So, such as you are not a full member for 30 days, which we already verbally contracted to. That's well, excellent. Perhaps we'll, yeah. perhaps we'll write up, we'll, perhaps we'll draft up a, uh, a written contract when we have more time. That would be great. At the end of 30 days, we'll totally do that. <laughs> uh, your wit. Your wit is at no end. He is a thiefling who are like little thiefling. devils. Who you know do specialize in contract law, so and he is lawful, therefore he is kind of a lawyer. Yep. All right, I think uh, we can. Uh... Now I never, I never got a chance to fully search this facility, so we should maybe do that, and then, yeah, and then maybe. Yeah. I, oh, oh, and also, by the way, I forgot to tell you the most important part. Some of the things I did discover about what uh, the cult was doing out here and what we need to do is we do need to get into that temple. Now, I've already, I was with them when they tried to do an frontal assault, and, and they couldn't get in because it's an old, heavily guarded weapons facility that is very difficult to breach. It's like if the technology is too high, we have to actually find the key. And he actually he produces his arm. A slot in his arm opens up, and it produces two data pads. 
there's the uh, this this one is this this here this data pad is is part of the key to get in there, and we need to find the other one, which I'm not exactly sure where it is, but we need to find there's a second one, and that should give us entry. The other pad is got uh, Chessix explaining my story and how it, it's, it'll check out. So if you need further proof of my story, and he shows that to Rusty. Yeah, the data pad's uh, pretty cool. It's a flat triangular crystal and. It looks unlike anything you've ever seen before, but Tuttle recognizes that it is a data storage device of some sort, and you could probably figure a way to hack it into your computers to retrieve the data. It's the new iPhone. Pretty much. Or the Dunder Mifflin Pyramid. Can we say that we Greyhawk the dungeon? I give it to Tuttle. I say, here, you, you could probably figure out what to do with that. And then I and Tuttle, then I, Tuttle has a happy glazed expression on his face for a few seconds. The step and then steps out of it. And then it's like, oh, his, that's that's very interesting. And the personal data pad is mine, and it shows that the uh, Chessex sort of explaining his story of, of pretty much what he went over. Yes, on the data pad appears to be a picture of him with Chessex in his office, which you recognize, and he's actually in his Starfinder gear when you see him, uh, Kiro. And he goes through to explain that he was sent on a high-risk mission to infiltrate and learn from the inside. And because of his appearance and his unique skill sets, he was able to successfully infiltrate the Cult of the Devourer and act as a back door, and, which he did, obviously, to, to a point. <clears throat> to a point. They're too chaotic for him to deal with. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he was what they call a... Um... He was part of the see the cult has all these different sort of faction. He was a wall part of the Wallbreaker Choir, and he was working as a degenerator, which is the degenerators are the ones that do like sort of fix things and like they keep the machines running and they adorn their stuff in spikes, you know, like different uh, weapon fusions and things along those lines. So he was part of that group, and uh, which is why he looks so pretty in his uh, his decked out devourer gear. Well, how big is he? It's normal humanoid it's normal, size. Normal, normal size. Normal okay. size. Normal Not size. short or tall. Okay. With horns, though. Huh. Horns and he's wearing heavy armor. Yeah, heavy armor. Heavy, way heavier than uh, Moe's, for that matter. What do you mean, way heavier than Moe's? It's either way nicer. Way heavier and way nicer. Oh, really? Is it power armor? Yeah. No. No. Oh, well, okay. Well, whatever. I mean, Anyhow, what level are you? I mean, and it has spikes. Basically, I don't think you can have nicer armor at, at our level. Uh, he, he's level seven. He's the same as you. Yeah, all right. Um, the data pad. Let's do that first. Do you want to check it out, Mister Tuttle? Yes. I will. Is that computers or is that engineering? Computers. Computers. Probably. Computers. Twenty-eight. More than enough. You realize that if you touch the crystal in a number of specific places, that you can access the data sort of an odd way to access it but that's how it seems to work again much like an iphone the data is extremely corrupt beyond repair and you manage to find one vocal area that is in a version of kish but it appears to be much more fluent and less rough than the dialect you've been speaking to date this obviously is much, much older. Hmm. It's probably the original... The ancient uh, Kish? Yes, the ancient... I speak Kish. ancient Kish. 
Yes, you oh, do. Hero do? Oh, he does. I was just going to ask him if he speaks uh, Kish at all. I and I think he's probably the only one here who can speak and understand. Were you able to look at this data? Were you able to look at this well, data? And I yeah, I was not able to retrieve that myself. You you, you figured it out, but let, now that you've opened it up, let me take a look. Right, I'll give it back to him for a second. All right, let's take a look. What does this say? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. voice in the message is deep and gravelly. Greetings. This is. Head of security at the Foundry. We recently had a few pieces of classified... And we are investigating the possible compromise of all methods of entry and exit into our facility. As far as I can tell, the series XLT88 digital lock on our security entrance hasn't been tampered with. But the manual I have here states that the lock can be placed in standby mode and accessed with an admin key code. Of course, but the director and I would like to know how many of your employees have access to this key code. We are not accusing you of any misdoings, but we do need to leave no stone unturned. Please respond at your earliest convenience. And then it is static for the rest interesting oh that's the place we got to go to but um, we're missing something do, do you recognize it as the temple where is that yes yes that appears to be the temple found and the foundry appear to be the same thing yeah they call it a temple because they're crude and they're they're they don't know but that is what this originally was the foundry the eggheads can do another computer check to try to diagnose where this message was coming from to maybe figure out where they could retrieve the rest of it. Yeah, I'll give that a shot. Egghead. I mean, Tuttle. Eggheads assemble. Akira is... Wow, 26. More than enough again. You actually look at this and you're able to examine the metadata of the message and you have a partial router address identifying the server through which the message Sorry, was Sorry, router? router like yeah rotor router you mean like the router <laughs> yes in addition the metadata of the message contains a partial router address identifying the server which the message was sent hey guys we're having tomatoes for dinner i just want to mm, i'm potatoes you realize that by examining a similar message you would be able to pinpoint the location of the server exactly and then perhaps find out how someone accessed the impenetrable fortress. Excellent. That's what they were talking about. There is the second key. We can triangulate it once we find it. All right. All right. Sounds good. Is that another? Is that another computer's check, or is that something we do at a different location? Or different location? You're going to need more information. So it looks like if you can find some more access to the server with another one of these data modules, you can cross-reference and find out what you need. Um. I'm going to ask uh, Akiro if does he know what happened here? Like, is all this damage from this this machine or of a ship landing, or is this just? Oh, this is just. Uh, from what I could gather from my facility? research, is that this is just years and years and I don't know how like, countless years of uh, of just de- depreciation of uh, the society falling into uh, disrepair. And then oh, everyone, not no one knowing how to repair any of the machines or anything, and it's just falling apart. The uh, the people that you see here are the descendants of a once great empire, which has now fallen into ruins. 
Would you say this building is dilapidated? I would say this, yes. Would you say there is a plethora of dilapidation here? <laughs> a plethora of pinatas? I was going to yeah. say, and do you know what dilapidated means? <laughs> I beat you to it. You did. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we Greyhawk this place. We, we're not under any time uh, gun here. There's one door that we, you guys didn't, we haven't gone to, right? Really? South. Is that true? It's covered in rubble. I found a door, an entrance. It's covered in rubble over here, but that is true. Where? Go, go, go to where that is. There. That was a door that was going to take ten to thirty minutes for you. Oh to... yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, but I like looking in all the rest of this debris. Yeah, and also this room has a bunch of lockers that we didn't search any of them. Yeah. Well, there's lockers. Also, to the south where we found Akiro, there's all kinds of junks. I don't know if he's been. I don't know. Were you sleeping back there? What were you doing? I was all there? messed up. I didn't really have much of a chance to do much of anything. I was sleeping back there, but I was—I had found some medical supplies, and I sort of got back to health. And I was trying to plan my next move. But like, it's very dangerous out there because I don't know friend from foe. They all seem to attack me. No, they're not that dangerous. Trust me. These guys are pushovers. Mm, but I was yeah, but, it, ma- but but a one man. Yeah. Well, they, trust me. They, these guys are pacifists. They're cowards. You can handle it. <laughs> uh, but I did, Mo does want to Greyhawk this place, unless somebody has an objection. Uh, either Does anybody like know of any of reason not to spend a lot of time searching? Yeah, we didn't search at all, so we should, definitely. Like down here, especially, where I am. Uh, we haven't searched anything in this entire facility. So. Well, we did find like that sword or something. In one room. We yeah. literally Greyhawked exactly one room. That's all. Let's do it. Okay, you spend some time... It actually is a lot easier than you think because there's nothing left in this place. I mean, it, it was Greyhawked a hundred times before you even came here, uh, many, many times over. So just going through almost everything here is empty. But, but, but in the supply closet way by the entrance, you find a overturned empty box marked spray flesh in Kish. And inside falls a single little crystal of some sort, which appears to be useful. It's probably overlooked because it looked like it was just garbage, but your spider sensors are going off knowing this is not garbage. I am stoned. What kind of uh, role is that? Mysticism? Mysticism. Ah, okay. Or if someone could detect magic or something, probably figure it out. Uh... Uh, I will assist mysticism. Or Mo rolls a 14. I'm... Okay, uh, who can I assist? The first one I rolled, so that would be John. So that's going to come to a 16 max anyway. 16, that's enough. This is a Mark II ability crystal. Oh, I already have one of these. Damn it. Is it a type of ability? Whatever you set it to when you install it in your body. Oh, that's a good thing. Hmm. Gives you a plus... Four to one of your abilities, but only one. Oh, wait a minute. That you haven't already given a plus two to already. How many of those can you have? One. Mm. You, can have, you can have one plus one. You can have a one mark one, one mark two, one mark three. None of them can overlap. You can upgrade a mark one to a mark two, but since this is a brand new mark two, you have to install it fresh. So say you have a mark one on your decks. You can't make this on your decks as well. You'd have to right. make this on your con or strength. That would be useful for me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like Hiroshi never left. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> 
I like Luke. It's like it's, it's like it's twin brother. You know, I, I I think we even gave the last one to Hiroji. I don't think so. Yeah, I never I had one of those. So. Yeah. I think I had too many magic items because you can only have two. Uh, this is counts. This is not a magic item. Counts as an uh, upgrade. It's equipment. Technology. Yeah, it's uh, it's an it's an augment. Augment's like its own. All right. Well, I guess we put that away and figure out later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you can worry about that later. So can you have a a, a Mark II st- uh, ability crystal for strength and then one for dexterity? Yes. Like and you basically. Oh. You can have one for you can change it. It just can't be. You can't have a Mark One for dexterity, a Mark Two for dexterity, and a Mark Three for dexterity. They all have to be different abilities. Can you, you have a Mark have... Two for for dexterity and a Mark Two for strength? No, you can only have one Mark One, one Mark Two, one Mark Three. That's okay. It. That's it. Yeah. That's how they could. That's kind of how they control. That's how they control like the pluses. We can't install it anyway, so it doesn't matter who needs it. You can install it. it. It's like right a suppository. Now? You just plug it right in. <laughs> Yeah, you could you could totally install it. Sure, it's an, it's a it's applied. Uh, it's sort of like you swallow it or something. Who knows? Uh, Jason, technology. You, do you remember who uh, who got the last good thing? I know who got it. Oh heck, if I know, the yeah. last good thing. Could you? You know, Luke. Like I can't remember. Uh, it it's might been have been so me, long. Actually, it's been so freaking long. I know who. Let me. I can look it up. Let's see. Yeah, honestly, if you tell us, I mean, we would be able to remember. Like advanced Shirenai rifle. Didn't that go to Rusty? Did it? Rusty did. Isn't that what you use now? Are you using a sniper rifle now? I have a bombarding Shirenai rifle, so very Ooh. different. I'm translating. Go, yes, that's the advanced Shirenai rifle, and I added the bombard uh, little uh, yeah. augment to it. That's like ten. Grand so yes, right there. And the hay circuit was also ten grand, by the way. Okay, that's Mo. Okay, so. So Kiro's definitely up on the so, list. So I, I think uh, Tuttle. What do you, do you see any stats that uh, you'd like to raise by four? I actually may be up for that. Um, I just have to double check which crystal I might have already. I think I already did a plus two. How much is that worth? A lot, really. Yeah, it's worth um, like fifty-seven hundred or something like that. I don't think. It's yeah, it's no, they built no. It's even more. It uh, sixty-five hundred. Okay, because I can see uh, Tuttle could actually raise his ability to hit things. I have a Mark One on Dex at the moment. Oh, okay. So you don't want to do another Dex. So I don't want to do another Dex. And you have a Mark Two in Strength already, Mister Mo. So yeah. And you have a Mark One in Con, so you can't Damn. at all. You're done. You have a Mark One and Mark Two. So yeah, done. these ability crystals. These are the only things Mo uh, ever actually spends money on. That's what he's always saving his money for. It may actually go to not Hiroji. Tuttle has, yeah. I think everyone, Tuttle has a Mark 1 for strength. No, what do you have? Not for strength. I, I have a Mark 1 for dex, according to my well, sheet. Oh, what okay. about for well, intelligence? I, I want to be mean, very clear on why something. Why not? Hiroji is not here. Akira, Akira. Oh, right. We keep saying, we keep saying Hiroji. Akira I, I'm just saying, no, oh, 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 30 day probation that's there's no issue on Akira. I'm sorry. I'm, my point is that I mean it's Akira between the three of us. Akira, yeah, that's right. Neo Tokyo and you can do just fine. But <laughs> well, you guys figure that out. I'm just I'm just telling you well, what my I'll, record shows. I'm pretty Look, good I know with this it's rifle. Not me, so it's a conversation between John and uh, Jason. I'm pretty no, I, good with this rifle, and I can do I can I can punish people with it. Well, that's good. Uh, so Jason, you're the Punisher. Just figure out. Yeah, I just I just watched that first episode, most of it. It's good for season uh, two. I, I'm I just started season one. I had wow. never watched it before. So oh, season one's fantastic. I gotta Shush watch it. All of you. 
I haven't seen it, so it was yeah, good. I, I gotta watch. Uh, it. Three episodes in, actually, it's much better than most of the the later uh, uh, Netflix Marvel shows. I have. Oh, seen absolutely! It's it's way better. <laughs> uh, and the extreme violence enhances it. It's yeah. it's it's just yeah. the opposite. It's not it's not. It is extreme. It's not it's extreme. ridiculous. It's, it's actually it's extreme violence because it's actually showing a vigilante. Yeah. But uh, no, Tuttle. Uh, if if you want it, I think it would be very good for you to have, like even for intelligence or uh, I don't know, whatever stuff. Yeah, I mean, I hmm. or I could be do charisma and become a more handsome debonair rat. I don't know, <laughs> debonair rat. Well, if you install it now, the sooner you install, like if if you put it into con, then it helps out your hit points. You know, if I put it into intelligence, I would have a twenty-three intelligence. That's a good thing to have. That's that absolutely that's your prime stat, dude. That's your prime stat, man. I I, I, I would very much encourage for your primary statistic to uh, be pumped up. You know what? I think Tuttle. I think Tuttle wants to be super smart because I was actually thinking about buying a plus four crystal, but I decided to save my money. So this I is think perfect. I, yeah, I think that's I'd actually perfect. would go ahead and do that. And if it is a suppository, Mo does <laughs> not volunteer to put it in. What, Mo volunteers to put it in? Excellent. No. It's probably like a bio patch thing or something. You can put it in, you can use your tail. I think you just put it under your tongue and let it dissolve. I think yeah. <laughs> I think it's transferable though, isn't it? Could you uh, suppositories are transferable. Mm. Oh god. <laughs> hey man. It's gotta get in there somehow. That's the name of this episode is now turn your head and cough. Mm. <laughs> Anyhow, it takes 24 hours to activate, I believe. So um, even if you put it in, it doesn't work right away. It has to sort of get into your bloodstream and make you smarter. So you can decide, unless you guys are doing a full day's rest, uh, and then we'll have to figure out all your new stats. It's up to you and if you're really going to take it. Um, but yeah, it would be Mark two, and I believe you don't have any on your sheets. So it would be eligible. It would be really good for me, but I know I'm new, so... Yeah, we, we keep forgetting. Gotta earn your stripes. Yeah, we keep Can't forgetting your line. name. When, when, when we stop forgetting. <laughs> Akira for- Justin. Oh, my God. All right, so this door just goes outside anyway. We don't care about this door. I don't know if it goes outside, does it? Let's take a look. I'll just tuck the crystal away for now, and we'll figure that out later. Cool. You clear you clear it all out, and, yeah, it's um, it's just uh, it's just a door outside. Cookies and red wine, Bob? Nice. I stopped at the red wine about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, Tuttle has a Mark One Dexterity Crystal. That's all he has. And Akiro has Akiro has armor and a gun, and that's it. Oh, it's good. He doesn't even have anything else. He got what you need. He has a couple of. Need all right. Man, that's great. You are totally outfitted. You have armor and a gun. All right, cool. They left me for dead and marooned on a desolate alien world. You do have fancy spikes on your armor, though. I do. I do have fancy spikes. They came with the armor. That's yeah. I have something else. Oh yeah, I have that other thing. It's like all the um, the uh, filigree of like skulls and weird like. He has trophies. Trophies. That's right. <laughs> I do have trophies. Right. It's an oh, actual. Imp- it's an actual upgrade. Except his are the exact opposite. Like Hiroji's trophies were ornamental and nice and something you would show off. His are like skulls and desecrations and. Absolutely Blood, horrific, bloody things. Horrific. Yeah. yeah, they're they're terrible. Terrible. It's quite quite nasty. Something you would see out of Cult of Cthulhu. Would uh, uh, Akira know where the temple is? 
Is that something? I, I do, but um, we do need to get this other crystal well, to be able to triangulate. Oh, I think that's, that's probably right. at the Maze of Ghosts or something. I remember oh, talking. I to remember you. the Maze of Ghosts. Yeah, that's the other place that we need to go to. I didn't know if that was the name for the temple or not. Remind me every time you rest. I forgot you have uh, the blood thing. Don't forget. Yeah, I get five. Of course, I haven't been taking much damage recently. In the last couple of fights, I've been True. kind of in the back anyways. True. Yes. But yes, you get five hit points every time you rest. So. You want to know it since you never get hurt. <laughs> Anyhow. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Most of the time, it's just stamina anyways. So other than... Oh, that guy you left in the front, he's long gone, by the way. Uh, the yeah. other one, That's The other right. one is dead. And he's still there, but his gear is all least, taken because someone yeah. stole it. Oh, the other guy took it. <laughs> so uh, you go to this place. There was nothing left. That, that was it. That was the only thing you can find. So right. So and, I, I mean, there's other stuff, but it's all worthless. Like so I take out, I take out my um, my weapon, uh, which is a dis- disintegrator rifle liquidator. Yeah, it's basically what Rusty's gun is, only like three times larger and deadlier. It's the rifle version of it, yeah. All right, well, that's nice. Uh, let's go to the. Mason I'm not a melee. Deck. I'm not a melee guy, so I know wow. you look pretty. You look pretty <laughs> tough there, Mo. Mo, Mo. Mo's not impressed. Mo is just like totally dispassionate about this whole thing. I say, you know, that's I've got to prove myself. Yeah, don't care, don't care. Seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I can. I hope I'm a good at, as good at combat as your friend that is no longer here. Oh, I'm sure you'll be better. Don't worry about that. Oh, oh no. he was pretty good. He was well, pretty good. Well, he started good. doing damage in the last Once two he days, reached level seven, too many disappeared. <laughs> right. It was the first time he ever did damage. It was only in the last That's couple true. of days. I figured it was a so first time. Yeah, like basically he's he was level one at this level. So He was level one through level six. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> you... Uh, Let's go to... The maze of death. That sounds like a fun place. All right, this place is sort of uh, played out. Yeah, this place bores me. I... Perhaps when we get back to your <laughs> ship, we can have a moment of silence for Hiroji. <laughs> Not really. Wow, you guys no, are mean. no, no, no. I mean, we'll remember him. I mean, I don't know if we need to take a moment of silence, but we'll remember him. It's fine. Perhaps we can light a candle. I, I, I don't really have any candles, but no, we'll remember him. That's cool. I think the rest of us will take trophies of Hiroji. <laughs> no. It's a shame he took all his loot. Um, did any of you put in a copyright on the image for Roji from all of our uh, online media? Because I'm going to send an email. Excuse me. <laughs> what are you going to do? He's going to send an email saying, yeah, I, wanna lock I in, Hiroji, right, the, give the up email. all rights to my life story to Rusty Carter. Well, I, I'm, going, I'm going to reserve the rights to Hiroji, my dear friend, to make sure they're not used by anybody inappropriate, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Are, are like you trying that. to obtain his life rights? Is that it? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I, you've understood me entirely correct. <sighs> I think the Elvis is, I think the Elvis estate will want to have a word with you. Oh, I'd love to get those rights too. Why am I in the front? That does not seem like where I should be. Hiroji used to love being in the front. You should be up front. I'm not really a front kind of guy. I'm more of a shoot them from range kind of guy. So yeah, you guys manage to yeah no uh he'd love to be out front and you're in his role now that's a bluff what? go for it it's <laughs> so mean um <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> sorry 38 beats 17 by a bit of- <laughs> uh, you guys are all Get bluffing each other no i'm not bluffing i'm not bluffing anything 
I'm still upset that you managed to bluff me on who you are to begin with. <laughs> so upsetting. The very first. I, no, uh, I'm not, it's fine. I accept you as a party member, but it really, really bothers me. I know. The funny thing is, it doesn't matter which characters Bob and Chris play. They always fall into the same roles, no matter what. Often, that is true. One day, you guys have to play like a buddy buddies or or so, something that doesn't constantly compete against each other. Hold on. It's, no, it, no, no, no. Stop, it's stop, so stop. funny. Uh, I, I played the absolute tank selfless person through an entire campaign that we played. And then I played a healer, an entirely other campaign where I healed everybody. I'm just waiting for Chris to be, well, a little selfless. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> oh, I'm selfless. I'm selfless. Oh, you're see selfless. Wait until yeah. you see. I, I, I have not, not much in the way of material possessions. I'm I'm modest. All right, sure. That's great. Chris, uh, Steve, do you know how many times Chris has killed me in the last 25 years in role-playing campaigns? I just want to <laughs> not just many. put that out there. Uh, I know I don't. How many? It's Actually, not how many? single digits, I don't think. It's what? been quite a few times. Uh, that's, that's, okay, point of order. The very first day we ever sat down to play D&D version one together, you, me... Seth all played together and the very first thing you guys did was have a duel to the death at level one. Do you remember that? I remember remember Chris attacking me and declaring a duel. That's an entirely... No, and you guys fought each other. I played a wizard and I remember I rolled a four for strength and one hit point. And Seth (laughs) made me play it. <laughs> so made me play it. I was like, "Are you kidding me? A four, a four for strength? You can't even like one pick hit up your point. hand." It was one hit point. He made me play it, and that's the one. Remember with the um, oh Sturges, Sturges, yeah, yeah. Oh God, Seth loves Sturges. Yeah, the Sturges. Remember the Sturges, and we built that Sturge box. Well, that very first encounter, yeah, you guys dueled each other and rolled it, and one of you died. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I'm guessing one. it was probably me because Chris usually kills me. It's just really very rude. Right. I think it was you because <laughs> you were playing a thief, Bob, and you were stealing. Oh, a yeah. Shot. I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, thieves get, get punishment. So, you steal uh, from the party, you get you So, get from the pay. very first day, you guys were killing each other. I'm just saying. Oh, just years saying. before that. No, please. It's, it's true. So, true. The first day I played wrong, with you guys. I've always been absolutely innocent. Chris is a violent, violent sociopath. That's what I'm trying to explain. Hey, it's a, it's a violent world out there. I just, when I see someone stealing. Rate, uh, Akira, could you go to the front? Please? Akira, yes. Uh, Akira, whatever. Akira. So you go through the city. Again, it's like a. It is, let's see how far is it. It's about 20 minutes, and you go through a dilapidated city. You see little creatures sort of running around, and you see things flying overhead, but you manage to stay low, and uh, nothing attract any attention. And you find what appears to be the maze of ghosts. Ghosts! Hey everyone, Steve here. So there we go. Hiroji is gone. Long live Hiroji. And everyone welcome Akira the Just. So before I get into the rest of this closing, I wanted to go into the reasoning and what Chris and I discussed to bring Akira to life. Chris and I talk all the time. And one thing is that Chris always wanted to try out a different type of character. 
The problem is he actually really likes Hiroji a lot. And what Chris does is he actually builds out his characters from level 1 all the way to level 20. And he has a plan for them. He knows exactly what he wants to do. So he likes to see the plan through. He likes to see his characters get all the way to the top level, see them work out all their kinks and actually try out all their powers. And he had a lot of plans with Hiroji. But he also had the itch to try out a new type of character, and that is one of the problems with Adventure Paths, is that very often, you sometimes just get bored of your character. It's happened to me. I've actually played Adventure Paths. I played one, and I was playing a ranger, and I was just bored of my ranger, and I just killed him off and started a saucer and had a lot more fun. It's not uncommon. And although everyone else seems to be having good times with the characters, and Chris really, really liked Hiroji, he really wanted to try something new. So he and I talked after he walked into the booth. That was completely on Chris. And I actually talked to him and said, look, what do you want to happen here? We could have Hiroji come out. I can mutate him. I can change him around. I can have him do something really bizarre and turn into like an undead creature or something else. And he said, you know what? I just want to try out a new character, but I don't want Hiroji to die. So he and I worked it out. Very important. Hiroji is not dead. I have to emphasize that. Hiroji actually has a big part to play in the future adventure path. He will be back. It's kind of like a Doctor Who episode when someone disappears. You know they're never really gone. In this case, Hiroji is still alive. So everyone who likes Hiroji, don't worry. He will come back. He is definitely alive. Something happened to him, but he will be back. And as for Akiro... I was actually kind of surprised that the guys just accepted him so easily. I thought there was going to be a lot of back and forth and it was going to take a couple of episodes. But in this case, it took about 15 seconds for everyone to say, Hey, look, okay, join our party. Let's go. <laughs> that was it. I mean, this guy's dressed like a cultist. He's got horns on his head. He doesn't look like anything they're used to. And they're like, all right, come on, let's join the party and go kill bad guys. I guess that's just them being very trusting of this new guy. And the funny thing is because Chris doesn't do voices, Akiro kind of acts and sort of sounds just like Hiroji. But I will say, Chris is actually very good at role-playing, and Akiro is very different than Hiroji. In the upcoming episodes, you're going to hear Akiro is actually very lawful, very different, and Chris does a really good job at playing him. Something else kind of funny, just on the side. Chris is by far, we call him Chaotic Greedy, because he always wants all the loot. He always wants all the loots. And his characters usually have more loot than everyone else combined. Well, Akiro, he has, let's see, he has his armor, and he has his weapon. That's it. That's all he has. He has nothing on him. Nothing. Nothing at all. He is completely bare. And this is really unusual for Chris. And I think he likes that. I think Chris likes to try new things out of his comfort zone. He's never played a character like this before. And we'll see how this goes. But I will say he does discuss this having no loot as sort of being a big change of pace for him. So here we go. New character. You don't even know what his class is. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a little secret. It's never been revealed. We've been playing for a while and still no one knows what class he is. So maybe you guys can figure it out. It's never been discussed in any episode to date what his class is and what Akiro is truly. But one thing I did want to mention this whole thing of why Akiro came to be is that talk to your players. I've had people quit games because they're bored with their characters. 
don't have them quit. Just talk to them. There's always options. Here's a perfect example. Chris walked into that booth. Uh, had something happen to his character, which we're going to find out about way, way later. And voila, now he's playing a new character. And actually, it turns out to be a lot of fun. Jack's a whole bunch of energy into the party. Chris is trying out a whole bunch of new things. It adds a new dynamic to the party so they can, they can actually start fighting in a different way. It's a really, really good way to play the game. I know this is kind of a non sequitur, but this actually kind of reminds me of Darkest Dungeon. I don't know if you've ever played that game. I highly recommend it. It's a fantastic game. I think it was just recently like 75% off Steam. It's a very, very hard dungeon crawler, but one of the things about that game is you're forced to constantly change your party dynamic. And there's something like 12 different character classes. You can never have the same characters. You actually have to go in with new party classes constantly and try on new combinations and by Chris changing his character and his class they have to completely think about how they do things differently because he doesn't have the same skills as Hiroji he fights very differently than Hiroji and it actually just makes the whole adventure party just brand new it's a great idea if you guys get bored don't have to kill off your characters just bring in a substitute. Say, you know what, I'm I'm out sick and I'm bringing in someone else and then bring back your other character. I've done that not a lot, but I have done it when people will play two characters and they kind of swap them back and forth. And heck, if you do that with everyone, it adds a lot of variety to the party. You got to be careful with loot if you do that, but I strongly recommend you give that a try if you want to really spice things up and if you're doing something like an adventure path or a very long campaign. Anyhow... Let's get to this week's Roll to Assist, where Param and I sit down and talk about, kind of related topic, what happens when things totally blow up in your face as a GM, and what do you do about it? Guru asks, have you ever written yourself into a corner, and how did you get out of it? And he also said, how might one write oneself out of a corner? Basically, kind of what we were talking about before, you're making up stuff, and then you realize... You said the wrong thing that the PC should not have known or you made them go somewhere or what often will happen is they lose a fight. Then what? Oh, gosh. I didn't think about it from the, them losing the fight situation. Uh, that's that's a tough one. Usually it's more it happens to be more in the opposite end where they have ju- just the, the correct either misstatement from my mouth or ridiculous plans of theirs or like ridiculously killer roles and then like they short circuit the campaign like there was this one time where one of my players was using locate object spell over and over again to ridiculous effect and there was this scene where they were basically trying to find a vampire uh who was in hiding and they managed to find his tomb in the middle of the daytime because they had located object on the brooch of the woman he kidnapped because they had met her before and had remembered what the brooch looked like. So they were able to just instantly find that vampire. And well, I can't, whenever you write yourself in the corner, like that, I usually find that it's usually best to just go with it. Then that is now the new normal, throw your plans, throw your notes, throw your campaign out the window. Just let the players have that win. Because if you try to cheat it, too much then the the fallout of that just that loss of trust that loss of agency that they have just makes it not work and it might be a big bummer you might be throwing out tons and tons of plans and 
you might not be able to use the rest of the pre-written adventure you have but now it is an adventure you own now it's a, a campaign that truly is about what the players have done and you can always come up with some new complications some new danger some new initiative related to what they've done to prompt them into something else uh trying to salvage what you've put together is almost never worth it yeah i mean there's often so many things going on in a campaign that if you write yourself into a corner, then just fix it <laughs> and just try to fix it and just keep going. And again, they don't know that. They don't know that you've written yourself into a corner. But I'm going to say what I said before, which is I played a game with uh, James Watt as the GM a few years ago. And we were playing. It was just kind of a fun game. It was like a demo game showing off some of the systems of D&D. And we were in a fight and then all of us looked at each other and I never played with any of these guys before. And we're like, uh, we give up, we lose. And James is like, really? <laughs> he's like, okay. And he's like, he did not, he obviously didn't plan for that. Like, uh, all right, let's figure this out. And he quickly, I was just curious cause here's like a legendary game designer. I wanted to see how does he handle this? And he took us and put us in prison cells. And then it became this whole other thing where, and he could have written himself in a corner quite easily because it's like, okay, they gave up. Now what? I didn't plan for this. Okay, uh, I don't want to kill them because we're trying to show off this game here because these guys are like press. So, hmm, I got to keep them alive. Uh, you know, it was, we almost purposely put him in this horrible situation in retrospect, but he handled it great. And I think about that often. It's like, okay, I put you in some prison cells. I had him talk to the guards, maybe see the error in their ways. Maybe prom he was like promising that they would help like one of the guards' families out if he let him escape because they had all this gold and jewelry and had magic. So one of the guards looked the other way and then he let us out. Like, there's always a way out of it. That's the thing is, I always say this to my players. It's like, look, the GM is never cheating, ever. It's their game. If I decide a meteoroid comes out of the sky and kills you all, that's what happens. So be very careful. GMs have all the power. There's no, there's no cheating. Whatever a GM says happens. But it all goes the other way. Is that if you write yourself into a corner, well, then write yourself out. It's, it's you know, you have all the control in the world. There's really nothing you're breaking because it's your rules. Try to focus more on what could happen now instead of what should have happened, and and everything should go fine. What happened? You know, it didn't go your way. Well, too bad. Just keep going, and you might need a break. That's something else. It's like, okay, guys, you want to take like a five minute, like you know, break. Let me just figure some stuff out. That's fine too. Like you don't have to come up with it right on the fly. If you need five ten minutes to catch your breath and come up with something, and write down some notes, then then ask your players, and you know, feel free to take that time out. Believe me, I, I do that all the time. Oh, absolutely. And play it up a little bit because make that a point of pride. Like the players were so original, so creative that they made you need to take that break. Every time I have to do that call, my players usually go out the door cheering at themselves for breaking the GM. Just sort of have fun with it. So thank you, Param. Again, if you have any questions for me or Param, just write us on the Discord channel. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com and you too can have your question answered on the show. So some very quick show notes. First of all, check out my interview from last week, James L. Sutter, the co-creator of Pathfinder and Starfinder. And he, I believe, is writing some of the adventure paths and a lot of content for Pathfinder version 2. He's an awesome guy. 
Everyone loves this guy. Check out my interview. It's a nice long interview. We talk a little bit about everything, including his role at Dungeon Magazine. It's really fun. Check that out. Also, don't forget, later this week, I will have an interview with Ron Lundeen up. He wrote the new Dead Roads, which is the brand new adventure in the Tyrant's Grasp Adventure Path. It's a great adventure. I've been looking forward to this adventure path for a very long time. I played Carrying Crown all the way through where you had to try to keep the Whispering Tyrant imprisoned. And in this one, the Whispering Tyrant will probably break out. He tries to break out, and spoiler alert, he probably will. And then he starts blowing up Galeron left and right. It's going to be a lot of fun. We talk a whole bunch about this adventure path and what to expect on Pathfinder version 2. That will be out in a few days, so check that out. Don't forget, do subscribe to us, because if you subscribe to Roll for Combat, you will automatically get the interviews. And I have a lot coming up, because of Pathfinder version 2, my mailbox is getting full. They want to talk to me all the time. I probably could have a Paizo person on the show every week until the end of August if I wanted to, because they want to talk about Pathfinder, Starfinder, everything that's coming up in the Paizo world. And with the big news of Pathfinder 2E dropping last week with the new Adventure Path, I'm definitely going to get Amanda on because I love the Adventure Paths. I really want to try out the new one. Definitely going to have her on the show very soon. Subscribe to us and you'll always get the newest interviews as well as the weekly show. Also, don't forget Jason's Talking Combat column is every Thursday. He's been really killing it recently. I'm very curious to see what he talks about this week what he thought about Akiro, because none of the other players knew anything about this. They actually thought Hiroji was rescuable, and they thought they'd be able to find him. It took him a while to realize that he was gone, and Akiro was now the new party member. Do check out our Discord channel. You have to be a member of our Discord channel if you want to enter the free trip to PaizoCon contest. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com, come on by, Check it out. We're playing a whole bunch of games over there. I imagine there's going to be a billion Pathfinder version 2 games that start up in a few months, and Outpost 2 is about to start. That's where we're having an online convention. I believe it might be too late to sign up now, but at least you can check out the games. They're running some of the specials, and the specials can only be run at conventions, so you can at least watch them if you're not playing. Do follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Do check out our Reddit channel. Our Reddit channel is very quiet, but do check it out. I think a lot of people go to the Discord instead of the Reddit. But if you go to the Reddit, I will be there and I'll answer any questions and we can just start a discussion there. Do check out our Patreon. If you go to patreon.rollforcombat.com, we got lots of cool images. I put new artwork up there every month. I've been putting out behind-the-scenes episodes where you just hear us discuss stuff. We had a really good one that came up the other day. It was like 40 minutes of us just talking about movies and geek culture. I've been putting up the episodes a little bit early, usually day early, if you want to check that out. Just go to our Patreon, and if you contribute even the smallest amount, you can listen to the episodes a day early. And then finally, I almost forgot about the PaizoCon contest. I actually did forget about it. The PaizoCon contest, where you too can win a free trip to PaizoCon, free airfare, free hotel, free pass, and free banquet ticket. And you'll get to hang out with me, and, well, you'll see. There's going to be a lot going on at PaizoCon. This is going to be a big one. Obviously, they're going to have all the news about Pathfinder version 2. Obviously, they're going to get to play Pathfinder version 2. You'll probably get to play some of the new adventure and the new adventure path. I'm very excited about that. But to enter, you're going to have to know the answer to a question. And this week's question is, what is Akiro's race? That's right. When Akiro shows up, he does mention what race he is. What is he? I will give you a hint. He's not human. 
So just go back and listen. He doesn't mention it. And the artwork isn't out yet. I'm going to have the artwork done for Akira very, very soon. And you'll probably be able to tell what he is by the artwork alone. So again, I made this a nice, easy one. But as for when the contest is going to be over, I'm going to have the entry form up very, very soon. By the end of this month, I think we're going to keep going to the end of March. And then you're going to have all of April to enter or most of April. Then I'm going to start picking the winners and you'll get to go. Anyhow, with that, be on the lookout for my interview with Ron Lundin. Do come by the Discord. Let me know what you think of Akiro. If you have any questions for him, I'll try to convince Chris to jump on the Discord and answer some questions about Akiro. Otherwise, I'll talk and see you guys next week. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that the producers of Roll for Combat are not responsible for any listeners who begin attending satanic cult meetings after being exposed to role-playing. <laughs>